Wow, that was amazing. So I'm usually talking about product management and kind of the story of some of those products you heard. I think he added a few. Um, but uh, Stephanie's story uh, just can't be beat. Were you here for Stephanie? Was that great or what? Yeah? It was really awesome. And I've watched from the background as she's done some of that stuff, and I just, it's so great to hear the story. But I want to talk about education. That's what I do now. I manage the education products at Google. I'm a product manager on the engineering side out of the New York office. Any New Yorkers here? One? Sad. I want to talk about how schools might be able to change to raise innovators. And you know, there's a big audience. I like to get a little comfortable, so I, I think it's better if you know me a little more. So I think you should know me as I know myself, sort of at the age that the students that will be up here with me in a minute was when, when I, that's what I looked like and probably felt the way they feel. I felt like an entrepreneur. I was going to go for a job. I discovered computer science when I was a junior in high school, luckily. I think that was a very lucky break for me. I discovered a passion. I don't know many students that know yet what they want to do. They're usually pushed in a certain direction. But I discovered something I really liked, and I decided I should stop getting really terrible grades. I want to go to university. And I started getting better grades. But then I spent 15 years in, I would call, a traditional job. I was a programmer. I was doing something new at the time that was exciting. It was really a great job. But I spent 15 years, even though I thought I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So at 37, I would say I officially became an entrepreneur. I left my standard job. It was a Wall Street technology job in New York and started a company. And then I started a second company. And that second company became the foundation of what is now known as Google Sheets. So that's where we started Google Docs and Drive. But why did it take me so long? What were those skills that I should have had that would have maybe given me, what was it? Maybe I was missing confidence? Was I missing some collaboration skills? Maybe the confidence to communicate, the creativity skills? Why didn't 12 years in primary and secondary and then four years in university Sitting in a classroom, listening to a teacher, why didn't that prepare me for the workplace? Sitting with 30 other students, or maybe 100 or 1,000 in the university I went to, listening to a teacher, why didn't that prepare me for work? The answer to all of you is really obvious. But what if we changed school? What if we altered the way it was done? And in all my work, I discover a lot of schools using our products in education, because that's what I do. And we discovered one school that was doing this. The leader of that school, Rob Hoban, is here today. Hopefully a few of you have met him. And this school does something very different. And they give students agency. They give them voice in how they're going to learn, what they're going to learn, the challenges they take on. And I want to introduce you to three students that have had that experience. This is actually what the school looks like. Now just take a moment to absorb that picture. Somebody said to me that visited the school before me, somebody from Google, said, well, oh, you're going to love that school when you visit it. It's like Google for teenagers. And they mean the Google work, workplace for teenagers. And that's sort of what it is. There's freedom, there's openness for the students to decide what they do during the day. And that's a little different. So what if we gave them the basis to be confident? 
gave them a learning environment that was like our environment at work, the way we want to learn, the way we learn today, where we investigate, we explore, we pursue our passion. So let me introduce to you three students that are going to come out. Raphael, Ruben, and Baruch, why don't you all come out? You guys all set? I just want to do one thing. You were 16 and 17? So what do we usually do when we're 16 and 17? Or if you're actually my age or Stephanie's age, we take a selfie, right? Let's do this. Come on, you guys are all in it. Ready? All right. Woo! All right, now we're good. We got a selfie. And by the way, uh, we'll learn a little bit about what that Twitter handle is on the bottom there um, in a minute. But uh, we probably need some pictures from the back. So if you guys want to tweet to that Twitter account some pictures from the back, that would be awesome. So uh, feel free. So I want to ask you guys some questions. And we've talked about this a little, but I may surprise you with questions you haven't heard. And I won't do that. One of the things about Agora School is that you have no classes, is what I've heard and I've witnessed. And, and no structure, no schedules. Why don't you start with that? Maybe we'll start. Tell me, tell me what that is like. What is it like there with no, no classes? Well, it's very interesting because we just go to school and we don't go to a math class. We come to school and like the only thing we have to attend is a daily start. After that, we all just plan our own days on school. And so it's interesting that whenever I say to Rob or to somebody, so, but tell me about the teachers then. Do they specialize? Are they generalists? And everybody's like, no, we don't have teachers. And so that was really hard for me to comprehend. And I have to say, I'm going to give you a warning. We had a lunch today with some people as well. Sometimes some of the things you're going to hear about this school, the first reaction, I'm sure you guys have all heard this, is like, no way. That, that can't work. It just won't work. It, our minds, we're so set. Right? We, we love to have a, a, a thought about ourselves being very flexible, but this is something at our core. It was when we started when we were how old? Five in school, and that system stuck with us for 16 years, some of us, 12 for others, maybe more for others. It's hard to get out of this. So when you hear the answers to the questions, that's like, no way, that can't work. So tell me about the teachers, maybe, you know. Um, the difference between teachers and coaches is really big. A teacher just teaches. A coach uh, tries to support the students in the projects that they do, or uh, students work on their own projects. And they do that through asking questions and giving suggestions that just could help the student forward. So the students could be working on a project, and the coach could ask, like, hey, what about this? Do you want to do this? And the student could consider it. It's not uh, compulsory. They can decide for themselves hmm. whether they want to do it or not. Um, but they respond to that feedback. So they're coaches. They're not teachers. Yeah, really coaches. They're coaches. I mean, I love that term. I would love to think of some of the teachers I've had as coaches. Or I have three, stu three kids. I always call them three students, because they are. Um, and I would say some of their teachers are not really coaches. They're literally teachers. They're standing in front of people sitting and teaching, giving facts, or teaching an algorithm, a way to do math. And it's a very different concept. But for me, one of the things I worry about is, is, is like, does that work for everyone? Like, what about a student that's like, I don't know what I want to do? Like, is, is the school for everyone? Is it something that you think will work for any student? Yeah, well, it's a trick. It, this is a really tricky question because you, uh, you have uh, people who think it's uh, for everyone. 
they say the coach could teach the, uh, the, the student that he, he needs to be self-learning and he should teach himself everything he needs to know. But on the other side, you have people who say, like, no, uh, the coach should help with that. And right. Yeah. So, you, so I would say some students probably have a feeling for what they want to do, what challenge they want to take on, and other students don't. But you think coaches actually help them get, find direction, kind of point them in a direction and guide yeah. them? Yeah, so like I said, the coaches, they ask questions, and through the questions, uh, they get the diversity and the challenge projects. So, so maybe think personally, what motivates you? Like you're, you're at school, you've got coaches that you can go to, but what motivates you to learn? What do you, I, I'm, I guess I'm thinking also about my own kids or even me. If I'm thinking back to maybe, like I said, once I discovered computer science, no problem. I would have been, I would have been all over this model. The year before, I probably would have been playing Donkey Kong or something else, you know, all day if that was the freedom I had. But what motivates you, Baruch? What really motivates me is that I can actually do my own thing. I have the freedom to do so on Agra. I don't get forced to go to any math class or to any other class at all. I just do my own thing and I get to do things in my own interest. That sounds amazing. Um, one of the things I talk a lot about is failure. Failure at schools, at least in the U.S., and I think that's true broadly with traditional schools. How do, you know, I, I bet as I even say the word failure, you see the F and you start getting uh, hives maybe, or you get a real reaction to that because it, it was a horrible feeling to fail. What is it like to fail at Agra? Well, like in real life, failing is actually the best way to learn something, so we embrace that. If a student fails, we just, it just reflects on it, and then they move on, draw the lesson from it, and improve in the future. So, and how do you get that feedback? Where does that feedback come from? Uh, well, from your coach in the first place, but you can also ask anyone you like. So, one of the functions of a coach as well is to get students in touch with people who can help them, right? So, they could ask external people, mm. what do you think of this? Like, if I personally, I'm a programmer, if I make a piece of software, um, my coach could link me to some other programmer who has an actual job, and I could ask him for feedback as well. That's great. So, it is peer feedback too. Do you guys give each other feedback? Yeah, yeah we give feedback all the time. Um, yeah. Uh, In what format? Like, do you write it? Do you write it down? or? No, we have a problem program on, on school. Oh, okay. Uh, we work in that together, and every week or two weeks, we say to each other, "Yeah, uh, this went the way we wanted, or this didn't go as planned, and why didn't go as planned." Interesting. So, uh, what, what was the last honest feedback you got? Give me maybe an example, Baruch. Give any feedback you got that was, you felt like okay, it was a failure. Well, I used to do design a long time ago, mm -hmm. and I, I just did it for fun. I, I didn't used to be good in it, and, and people just told me. And of course, I didn't like getting feedback that it was bad, but it has motivated me as well to get better and to learn it. That's great. Yeah, that's really awesome. So one thing I heard that was incredibly interesting to me New coaches, not teachers, new coaches that come in get interviewed, of course, and they have five interviews. You want to tell me about the interview process there? Do you know how that works? Yeah, well, um, at our school, 
there are five people that um, look if someone could be a, a coach. Three of the people are students. Students uh, choose if people are going to be coaches on our school. And yeah. So imagine that you're going for anybody, a teacher here. How many teachers are in the audience? It's got to be a bunch, right? Yeah. And I'm sure, yeah, of course, Rob raises his hand. And so imagine you go to a school for an interview, and three of your interviewers are students that you're going to be teaching. I have to admit, that feels a little uncomfortable, <laughs> only because that's not what you expect. It's not traditional. But I was so impressed by that. That just really shocked me. So summarize the process for me. You get in in a you know, day in a life of an Agora student. How, how does it work? What's the process of, of learning there? Um, well, students work with projects, right? So we have software at our school that they use to walk uh, through every project. So you have to imagine every project students do, you have a preparation phase, you have an execution phase, and you have a footprint phase. And every time they want to learn something new, they create a project and walk through all of that. Um, they also have weekly coach conversations in which they reflect on projects and what they learn from projects. So obviously, if you're going to do a project, do you have You'll learn things from it that aren't hard skills, but soft skills, like communicating. Mm. And we caught those too. So uh, how many projects do you take? And you call these challenges, right? Projects yeah, are challenges. So. How many challenges would you take on in a given year, uh, in a given that, school year? Well, it really depends on the students. So it ranges? Well, how many did you take on? Uh, well, not very many. We had like one huge challenge and a lot of sub-challenges. Oh, OK. There. Same? You're all working on something together, I know. That yeah. that's, so that's true. But in prior years, before you did that, did you have a lot of challenges, small challenges, or were they all pretty big, long term? It really depends on the student. Huh. I like to do big challenges myself, and I keep them long, so I don't do a lot of them myself. But there are also some students who do a lot of challenges and keep it small. Interesting. Okay. So I, I, I know one of our students who actually has a lot of tiny challenges. Uh, so you, you can really tell she's got like hundreds of challenges in total, whereas we really have only have a few of them. And, and there are things that you work on either alone or together with a group? Sorry? You okay. work together with other students on challenges or alone? Yeah, you can choose yourself. You, if you want to work with someone else, you can do that. If you want to work with two people together, three, yeah, you, it okay. just depends on what you want. So this is, and again, this is a school that is, I don't think I mentioned, age 12 to graduation from secondary, so age 18, uh, 17 or 18. Uh, it's a public school. There's no selection process. It's, it's public. Anybody can go to it. It's um, basically the same cost as any, any public school in the Netherlands. And, uh, and, and everybody takes the national test. So everybody graduate is actually going through the, quote, traditional normal process at the end. They just don't do it necessarily in the same way. But tell me about that transition, because you're all getting close to that. How does that work now that you're about to take your national test? How do you, how do you get prepared for that? Uh, so you're asking about the national accents, right? Yeah. So what you'll see is that uh, students in their projects, they'll learn a lot of things for those accents, uh, but they'll also miss some things, and we call those gaps. And in the last two years at Agora, you'll get to fill those gaps and prepare for the last bits you don't know and prepare for the accents. And so what does that cover? Like, what topics do you have to learn to fill in those gaps? Like, what gaps are you filling now? Are you, are you all covering that? I guess you are, right? 
filling some of those gaps? Is it math? Are you? Uh, well, in uh, the Dutch exams, we just have multiple subjects you have to do. And we learn a lot of those by our projects, by challenges. Hmm. We involve them in it, and so we learn it. But there are the gaps, and we just momentarily learn them the traditional way, with books, with. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, right. And, and sometimes do you have teachers that come in and lecture, teachers that come in and teach in a more yeah. traditional way? We call them experts. Okay. Um, uh, That's a good depends. name for teachers. <laughs> it depends on uh, who it is, but normally you have uh, one expert that comes to your school once a week, like half an hour, and it, uh, he or she does classes, and she explains uh, things for the week. You, uh, so you make the, the project, the, the Assignment. Yeah, the assignment. She, she Google, Google Translate, folks. Yeah. <laughs> she, um, you do the assignment she sets, uh, she, he or she told you to do, and then she comes back next oh, week. So that feels like a, a, a day of traditional, you know, a few days of traditional learning to, yeah. to yes. make up for the exams. That's smart. There's the awesome traditional bits to it, but you have to understand that Agora is only five years old, so we're still developing it. So That's we a great try point. to make it less and less traditional because right now there are some large inefficiencies, um, sometimes filling gaps that don't need to be filled. So that's what we're working on. That's great. And so that process of challenges, and I know you have a method of measuring progress, this is actually related to your challenge. Like I, I think about you know, Rob's job and the job of the coaches and the administrative staff. How do they monitor this? How do they manage it? It's not, you can't use a traditional LMS. Uh, you can't even use Google Classroom, I don't think, in this process, which is hard for me to say. Um, but what, what do you use? And, and tell everybody how that relates to your challenge. Well, um, like two and a half years ago, Rob, Rob Huben, a teacher of us <laughs> in the crowd, <laughs> he, he came to us and he told us, uh, we need a program um, and I need people to make it because it's not on the market yet. And then he came to Raphael. Raphael made a group and uh, us two, uh, Baruch and me, we were in that group. And we started to making uh, programs that would fit the, the school. And so that program is, is that what EgoDact is? Yeah. We have that, that's, that's the Twitter handle that we're focused on. And so that, that program, t yeah, go ahead. Do you want to say something? Well, it just started with us making a program, but now actually last September, we made a company out of it, and now multiple schools use it, not only your, ours. So for me. Woo! That's awesome. Did you want to add something? Oh, like, we still um, have a minute left. So. <laughs> um, like for me, myself, I, I mentioned I'm a programmer, but setting up a company is not about programming at all. So it proves that, it, that Agora creates diversity as well. I zoomed in on programming, but at the same time, I also learned about all this other stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and just so you know, like, this is something we're preparing outside and just, you know, calming our nerves. And of course, the questions they started asking me, instead of going through the questions that I was going to ask them, they're like, so what was it like getting bought by Google? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? what? And they're like, well, if we got bought like, by, you know, by a big company, like, what would we call our product? And they're like, really thinking ahead. So kudos to you guys. It's been amazing. Once give them a big round of applause. Thank you so much. Great.